You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. And this is your host, Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and the new, the brand new director of scouting for NBA Big Board. And shout out to everyone that has made Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. I really, really appreciate it. And I mean, I appreciate it to the point where I've, I've been traveling. For those that have been following the journey, I've been traveling. And uh, that's what I'm going to talk about in this particular episode. But I've been traveling the world, scouting basketball players, living a dream. And I've met a person in every country that I've been to that has told me that they've listened to the podcast. So that means a lot to me that I have... Um, people just all over the world like the actual world listening so um shout out to everyone that has like i said made locked on nba draft your first listen of the day and now i want to talk about my travels and i am reporting to you live from bassano italy where i am here for a under 16 tournament and it's it's hosted by a, a basketball club called Orange One Basket, and they have a a pretty good lineup today. Real Madrid is is playing, and FC Barcelona. Those are the two clubs that I mean, arguably the most famous um, clubs as far as like having basketball and I was gonna say football, soccer. I just when I'm here, I call it football, but when I'm at home, I call it soccer. And Real Madrid just has a, a, a ridiculous amount of talent that they've been able to develop in their program, most notably Luka Doncic. And um, last year they had Usman Garuba, who's playing for the Houston Rockets, and then they have so many young guys coming up. So I had to make sure that I um, got an opportunity to see them. And this is under 16, so we're talking about guys that, I mean, I think they are born in like 2006, and they're not even going to be eligible for the draft for, I don't know, I guess another three years, 2025 at the earliest. But I'm, I'm here. I am here because I want to have a heads up on just knowing the top international prospects. Um, I'm kind of competitive, and I, I want to be the best at this field. I want to be the go-to guy for scouts. Or, or for scouting players for the NBA draft. I want to have a database on guys way before you even hear about them in the States. And so that's why I'm here. And and what a journey has been. I mean, I started off in November, and here it is March 1st. And I went, I went home for maybe like 10 days throughout that period. But I can say that... I have hit the wall. You know, you always hear about the NBA rookies. They they hit the wall in, in January, and I feel like, man, I have hit the wall. And the traveling is, is, is a lot tougher than I thought simply because um, – and maybe it's because I went home last week. Or, or yeah, I went home for about 10 days for my wife. She's pregnant, so I'm going to make it home to all of her, her doctor's appointments. She was with me when I first started this journey but decided to stay home, which, you know, makes a lot of sense because – um, she wants to have the baby and have a consistent doctor in, in the same city at home where by the time 
the child is born, basketball season will be over. So it, it makes a lot of sense. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I flew in, and I, I probably mentioned it in the last episode or, or the episode prior to that. I, I flew in from uh, Dallas to Belgrade and had some travel issues and literally went to bed and went straight to the, the tournament, Adidas Next Generation tournament in Belgrade, where I saw some, some talent. I saw some guys that I think will put on the NBA uniform in, in the near future. I think France has three guys that I could see being NBA um, players in, in the near future. Um, there was a, a guy named, and, and i just go over some of the names of the players that I was really, really impressed with. My, I probably have two, I probably have three guys that I would say were my top three favorite players to watch. One was a kid by the name of Sergio Delari, a 6'6 point guard from Valencia Basket based out of Spain. He's born in 2005, so that just shows you how young these guys are. But 6'6 point guard, he had solid handle, court vision, plays with a little flash and flair. He's a high-risk, high-reward passer. Actually, he kind of reminds me of Josh Giddy. Now, he's... 2005 born so he he still has some time to grow he's listed at 66 maybe 65 you know it's, it's, it's kind of hard to tell but maybe if he grows a few more inches he could be Josh Giddy 2.0 but he competes every play guy that rebounds runs put up big numbers and he has like 17 points in the tournament and he was fun to watch um, another player that I like that is intriguing is a guy named Ige Demir, 6'10 center. I think his real name is Ezekiel David, but he's a 6'10 center from, he played for Tofus, which is a team based out of Turkey. And um, maybe I'm a little biased because I lived in Turkey, but born in 2004, looks very, very mature. I mean, if I saw him on the streets, there's no way I would I would guess that he was born in 2004 or what is that 17 years old but he's a strong physical presence has a grown man body good athlete can run the floor he's like a quick explosive leaper kind of reminds me of uh maybe like Jalen Duran a little bit not as I mean not as gifted as as uh, uh Jalen Duran but the same type of you know, physical body, strong, explosive. Um, and I think with, with Demir, the first time I saw him play, he didn't have like a, a lot of points or he didn't really dominate the game. But I just saw just a quick couple of plays from him that made me realize like, okay, this 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 dude could be really, really good. But what makes it tough to to like evaluate traditional back to the basket centers is there's usually no spacing in these tournaments with these young kids i mean usually you don't find guys that are i mean you can find some kids that can really shoot but you may not find that type of shooting at like the four spot so there's no spacing so for a guy that is heavily relying on someone to get him the ball on, on post touches is is pretty tough but one of the things that i liked about this kid was that he fought and competed he was ducking in, and he was trying to get the ball in the post. They just had a hard time getting him touches. So whenever he did get a uh, an attempt, you know, it, it was it was pretty rare. Um, one of the things I think he needs to work on is maybe like some soft touch finishes around the rim. Everything was kind of like a 
a power move like he's looking to dunk everything but i like that i like that that dog and and, and that toughness in players and he shows some flashes of being a a pretty good passer so um those are two guys that i that i really like and i'll get into some of the other ones later on but back to like this this whole uh, wall that i hit um after i left belgrade um i had like a 650 flight had to get up early you know you got to get to the airport sometimes supposed to be two hours before but now with, with covid on, going on and you have to have a different test depending on the country that you're going to you got to get it maybe three and a three three and a half hours before your flight so you can go take your covid test and sometimes it may take an hour to get your results so, you know, it's like you're waking up at 4, I got to catch a cab, I got to look for a cab at, at that early in the morning. And some hotels that I've been staying in, because I've been cheap, don't have like 24-hour cab service. And then there's little things like you want to get the app of the city and you want to call a cab. But then the app requires you to submit like a, they'll give you a um, a text message. And a lot of people weren't getting the text message and no, Uber is not in every city. I mean, it's just so, so American of us to think like, oh, why don't you just take an Uber? Well, Uber is not in every city because, you know, a lot of cities don't like Uber <laughs> because the, the taxi drivers didn't like it because Uber was taking a lot of money out of their pocket. So I, I'll get a little bit more into it, but I want to talk to you about BetOnline. BetOnline is the, I mean, it is the, the place to be for betting. And basketball season is in full steam, both pro and college hoops. And for all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, and to where the next fire coach is going to land. I know there's a lot of Laker fans that are waiting on Frank Vogel to be in that on that list, but I don't think it's his fault. But BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best, the absolute best spot for all of your scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it is not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right down to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. And BetOnline, it is where the game starts. All right, thanks again for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. And, I mean, like I said, I, I really appreciate it. Now, I would suggest checking out the locked on now podcast the locked on now podcast has nightly recaps of every nba game with analysis from my local experts it is free and it is available wherever you get your podcast all right it's rafael barlow nba draft junkies and i was just kind of going through my my travel stories and experiences because i think a lot of people believe that the traveling and scouting is glamorous and i mean i've I had a, well, at least what I thought was a good handle on it coming into to the season. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely love this opportunity that I have. I'm having just a, I'm just having a great time doing it. But the problem is I hit the wall. So I kind of feel like an NBA player where, you know, you're a rookie, you're living out your dreams, you, you, you made it to the league, and then January comes and you're like, man, you know, I'm not used to playing back-to-backs or three games in five days and, and and all the traveling going on so I totally feel it from a totally different perspective the only thing is I'm just not flying private or staying in five-star hotels or eating five-star meals or getting six-figure 
paychecks. But um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely feel like I've, I've I've hit a wall a little bit. Um, you know, like I said, the challenges. And sometimes, you know, I have a hard time getting a cab. I can be outside waiting for a cab, and they'll just pass me by. And you can um, take that how you want to take it. But I mean, there have been times where I have have had a hard time getting a cab. I know when I was in Belgrade. I had to walk about a mile to to get a cab in the rain. There was a soccer game that was going on, and you know, in, in Europe they have what they call derby games, which is like two rivals. So it'd be like your equivalent of I don't know Michigan, Ohio State, in in football, or like real American football, <laughs> or Duke, North Carolina, which they have a game coming up soon. And you have these rivalries, and um, you know the the city shuts down, and for these derby games. And so, when I was in Belgrade, they had a derby game going on, and it started raining, and then there was no cab. So I'm trying to walk in the dark in the rain to to get to a location where there's a cab at. And then also, these tournaments here are not like what you think of a tournament in the states. On one hand. You know, you can have your thoughts on American capitalism, how everything is about generating money. And then on the other hand, you know, you can go to a, a high-level tournament here in Europe and it is free. But when it's free, they have no food, no concession stands. And they're usually like not even in, in gyms where you can go walk and, and, and grab something to eat. So I know for this particular tournament in Belgrade, I was just disappointed of how I wanted to watch every game, but there was absolutely no food, no concession stands. So it's like, hey, what do you do? Either you get up early and eat, which in my case it was a struggle because I was struggling with the with the jet lag, or you miss a game to go get something to eat. Luckily, since I have been over here in Europe, um, I had an app on my phone where I could have food delivered. So, you know, I felt kind of weird where I had to, like, go outside, get food, and I'm bringing in this food into the gym. And when I walk back in the gym, everybody's looking at me like, where did you get that from? So little things like that can, can make it um, somewhat of a challenge or just so much different than, than what you have in, in the States. And so... Um, after Belgrade, I made it to Milan, Italy. So if you've ever been to Italy or, or Milan, you know that the airport is like not in the city. It's like a hour ride. So it's like I land and, uh, you know, after getting up at like, I think I set my alarm for like four. And then, you know, when I set my alarm for four, you got to remember my body clock is confused. So I may be exhausted. I may get into bed and I may not fall asleep until two and then I got to get up early, and like I said, I had to find a cab, take a COVID test, all that. My flight was, I think my, I want to say my flight was at, oh, 6.50, no, maybe 7 o'clock. And um, my day started at, at 4, just getting prepped, and then I probably just made it to my um, to my gate, like, right before we were supposed to take off. Then I get to Italy and uh, I've got to take a train to get to to Milan and then you know, and I'm carrying like my luggage. I got my backpack with my camera equipment with my you know my carry on. Then I have my my check luggage. So then you know you check into a hotel and it, it's just on top of the jet lag. So um, stayed in Milan for a a couple of days just to kind of rest. But here's where. I can't rest because now I have, and I want to 
again, let everyone know how thankful I am for these opportunities. But now that I have um, signed on with uh, NBA Big Board, I have content that is due on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on top of my two podcasts a week here at Locked On. So now I am producing NBA Draft content five days per week. And it may not sound like a lot, but I don't know anybody, one individual that is producing NBA Draft content five days a week. So now I'm a little bit concerned about how much content am I going to have left between now and the draft so it's like I got to save myself in, in in a sense but on top of the the content I'm not only just writing articles I'm doing videos because that's kind of what my, my background is and I know that with NBA Big Board it is a a, a paid I mean, it's a it's a paid subscription so people are paying for the content and I want to give them a little bit more I, I want people to really um you know, I guess take a, a liking to my work because I'm kind of like the, the the new dog on the block, the new kid on the block. And so I want to feel like, or I, at least for me, I feel like I need to do a little bit more, go a, above and beyond. Because going above and beyond is, is, is what it takes to, in, in my opinion, to, to be great. You know, I, I want to, like I said, I want to be the best at this. When I say I want to be the best, I'm 100% confident that over time that I you know I, I I will be like a a go-to guy in this field and you know I heard I saw a quote when you do things others don't do you get things that others don't get and so that's kind of something I've been living by and again five days a week draft coverage we still have quite a ways to go before the actual NBA draft but all of that is leading to me being a little a little bit uh, a little bit burnt out but I'm here in Bassano I'll be here for three days, and then from there, i got to figure out what I'm going to do next. I have a few first-round draft picks. or Maybe not first-round, but I have a few guys that are based in Italy that I think will be selected in the 2022 NBA draft that I'm looking to do some interviews with and um, create some more content on. So the grind don't stop. All right, well, thank you for kind of listening to my little adventures for two segments. But I want to talk to you about Rock Auto, which, you know, by the fact that I'm here in Europe, I haven't really been driving. So, um, thankfully, I don't have any car issues. But when I get back, I know if I need something, I'm going to rockauto.com because I can save time and I can save money when using Rock Auto. I can also, I mean, I can save like 30, 50, or even 100% for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. And that is because Rock Auto is a family business that serves do-it-yourselfers like myself, and they have been doing it for the last 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything, everything you could possibly want for your car. Not even want. Nobody wants stuff for the car for the most part. Most people need <laughs> Rock, Rock Auto for different parts. But you can get brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So check out they're easy very easy to use websites today you can go find a solution to your auto part needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they will know that we sent you rock auto has amazing selection reliably low prices and it has all the parts that your car will ever need at rockauto.com all right, once again, you're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow. All right, so now I want to talk about 
a little bit of my travels and again some of the players that i saw at the under i wouldn't upgrade call it the under 19s but it is the adidas next generation tournament and it is a tournament that i would love 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 to see come to the states like i want to put it together and maybe you know by me making it public here someone could steal my idea and beat me to it but adidas has what they call the next generation tournament and it has a lot of the top clubs in europe and they have their under 18 teams that are playing so um real madrid has a team in it barcelona has a, a, a team in the tournament asvel which is the club that 2023 projected number one pick victor Wimbayama plays for he's actually young enough to be on this particular team but he's playing with the big dogs with the senior club which they ended up winning the the championship and i was very impressed with what i saw on their team a few of the guys i have seen earlier this year in person but there's a guy named kamani heinsu and hopefully i'm pronouncing it right he is someone that i am a lot higher on than most i don't see him on anybody's draft boards but i think he is an nba talent he's six five point guard he can play a little bit of both born in 2004 he has a super shifty handle and burst i think he has the upside to be a really really good defender he can blow by guys in the half court and finish with dunks i mean he is a high level explosive athlete has a pretty good frame the shooting is a big concern at this point he is not a a a good shooter at all but one of the things that I do like about him is he is he's confident in his shot, which sometimes can lead to him taking questionable shots. But he's not one of the guys that is not a good shooter. And so he is a reluctant shooter and he doesn't shoot at all. So if he's open, he will shoot the shot. But the shooting touches is definitely something that he needs to improve. In this particular tournament, he only shot 2 for 14 from 3 and only made 5 out of 10 free throws. But why I'm so intrigued is because just counting two-pointers alone, he was 19 for 25 from the floor. He averaged 12 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. He had a positive assist-to-turnover ratio, which is kind of rare for this tournament. A lot of the guys that I I saw, I mean, you know, they're, they're teenagers. I mean, they're young, so... You know, you don't really find a lot of guys that are game managers that know how to take care of the ball. But he had a positive assist-to-turnover ratio. He averaged over a steal per game. He made some impressive plays as far as, like, blocks, whether it's chase-down block. He had one block where, um, because France was so undersized, he had a block where he just straight up, I mean, just off vert, blocked the shot um, from a center right at the rim. I mean, again, somebody that I am extremely high on. I think that he has the athleticism, the handle. If I had to say outside of, like, his his jump shot, that's a knock on him. I don't think that he is aggressive enough. I think that, um, you know, he – I mean, he shot 76% from two. And I would have liked to see him take a, a, a lot more shots, but – and then also, he, he can just be too unselfish. And so, But, I mean, he's a guy that can finish with both hands. He can make live dribble left-hand passes. He can make a lot of reads, whether it's your pocket pass or skip pass. He's explosive in transition. He does little things, like if he has a smaller guard on him, sometimes he'll try to post up. But when he does post up, it may not be to 
create a scoring opportunity for himself. He'll post up to draw a double and kick it out to his teammates. I mean, can really see the floor, make some some impressive plays. But then he has some some very, very, very questionable plays, which I think some of it has to do with just not being aggressive enough. And then there's Killian Malawaya. He was very impressive, 6'4". He's born in 2005, so he was one of the younger players in the tournament. He is crazy athletic. He's still a little raw. And I wrote in my notes that he doesn't have like a, a skill set to hang his hat on. But that is if you count, if, if you don't think like motor and having a nose for the ball is a skill. And he, he won MVP of this tournament and he dominated basically with his athleticism and his effort. He scored off tip dunks plays and transitions, cuts to the rim. He is an excellent, excellent offensive rebounder. Like, he just has a nose for the ball. I, I'd probably have to guess and say if I had to count his points, and I wish, you know, this tournament was on was on Synergy, but if I had to guess his, his uh, how many points he scored off offensive rebounds, I'd say he scored at least 10 to 20 points just on the offensive glass and again he's a 6'4 guard he's I mean he probably doesn't even weigh 180 pounds he looks like he I mean he just doesn't look like someone that would dominate the offensive glass and just looking at the stats in four games he shot 68% from the floor only shot 28% from three but he got to the foul line 18 times in four games had 14 offensive rebounds 14 offensive rebounds in, in four games. Had uh, 22 rebounds total, so he averaged five and a half rebounds per game. Had five steals. Um, like I said, average over steal per game. Had eight turnovers. Needs needs to do some work as a like a ball handler and a shot creator. And right now he plays more like a like a, a blue collar athletic wing than he does like a like a two or or a one, which I think could be his. His his long term position in the NBA, but man, I mean, I was really really impressed with all the effort and energy plays that that he made. So he's someone to keep an eye on. Again, he's only born in two thousand five, so he still has a, a a little bit of ways to go. And then there's Zachary Riesischer, who a lot of people consider the top NBA prospect in Europe, born in two thousand five, and. He had a, at least for me, he had a disappointing tournament. He's someone that I've I've been high on since I've, I watched him play. He is maybe like 6'9", 2". I mean, he has all the, the physical tools, and he has the look of a modern NBA wing. He can handle the ball. He looks like he can be able to play and defend multiple positions. I mean, he just is very intriguing because of his size and the skill set. Um, I had mentioned his name before in a podcast I did in November. So this is like my second time watching him live. So in this particular tournament, he played three games. He missed the championship game, which Asvel won. Now, the reason I say he was a little disappointing to me because he shot under 50% just on two-point field goals, was one for 12 from three, and he only got to the foul line four times in 71 minutes. Now, he was aggressive on the glass. He averaged seven rebounds per game, and he had and more, a little less than half of his rebounds. Ten of his 21 rebounds were on the offensive glass. 
He showed flashes of being able to make good decisions. He had eight assists and only four turnovers. He averaged over two steals per game. And like the first game against a, a team out of Lithuania, he looked like everything that I've been, you know, he just looked like that guy. He was six of nine from the floor, one of three from three. He had 17 points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals, and a block. Then the second game, which is a game against, um, it was called the Next Generation Tournament Team, which is like an all-star team of players in the area that aren't on these club teams that were um, brought in to compete. And he he didn't look good at all this game. I want to say he had two points at halftime. And it was a game that they actually, Asvel actually lost. But he had 14 points. He was 7-14 from the floor overall. But he was 0-8 from 3. And the way they do the, the box scores in Europe, they divide two-point field goals and three-point field goals. So overall, he was 7 for. 22 from the floor, but he chipped in nine rebounds, had two assists, two steals, and a block. And uh, the the shot just wasn't falling for him. And he scored, I mean, I, I'd say he probably scored 12 of his points in the second half. So, I mean, I, I was, you know, kind of in, impressed by that effort in the second half. And then in the third game, he only had four points and then I guess he got injured I didn't see him leave with an injury but he did not play the 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 last game the championship game which France still won and I felt like France just overwhelmed a a a local team from Serbia with their athleticism but those are like the five players that I listed that I I think are guys that could be NBA players there's another guy named Rokas Josies hopefully I'm pronouncing that right he led the tournament in scoring he was like, even, and I mean, sometimes when I make these comparisons, people may think I'm crazy, but he reminded me of Luka Doncic. And not in the sense of he's like this this wizard playmaker. He had the Luka Doncic body where you look and you're like, all right, you're not fast. You, you, you know, you don't have any definition in your muscles. He's, he just had the Luka body. But he was a big-time scorer. And it was mostly jump shots. I mean, his jumper was, as the kids say, wet. I mean, he shot lights out. He was predictable. You knew what he was doing. He averaged 25 and a half points at this at the Adidas Next Generation Tournament. He plays for Lake Abetis. I don't, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. But he averaged 25 and a half points, four and a half rebounds, five assists. He shot 14 of 38 from three. And that is because he had one game where he was like 4 for 13. But other than that, I mean, the first game, 3 for 7. Second game, 4 for 7. Then he had the 4 for 17 game. And, I mean, he um, – actually, they don't they don't have his stats right. But he shot lights out. He rebounded. He passed the ball. He had a positive sister turnover ratio. He is someone that I'll keep an eye out on because – I think that he's not going to impress you by passing the eye test, but he just finds ways to score, impressive playmaker, and he can shoot. And every shot that he made, I felt like, was a tough contested three. He was pulling up off the dribble. Again, I was really impressed with with his performance. So his name is Rokas, and I hopefully I'm pronouncing the last name right, Josie, J-O-C-Y-S. All right, well, that wraps it up. Thank you for just listening to me talk about my my adventures. I know this isn't 
one of the probably it's not an episode that's probably gonna be like huge because it doesn't have like the the sexy uh the title you know right right now anytime you do a a podcast or write a story on chet holmgren or jabari smith or paulo bancaro it's gonna get numbers while, while this is probably not one of the you know the big popular episodes but thank you for listening once again it's rafael barlow from nba draft junkies now the director of scouting for nba big board but before i let you go just wanted to talk to you about locked on nba the locked on nba experts they cover the biggest and the best stories around the nba every monday through friday in less than 30 minutes so I expect to hear a lot of James Harden, Joel Embiid stories the remainder of the season. So check it out. Locked on NBA. Once again, it's Rafael Barlow, NBA Draft Junkies. And I am out. I got to get some rest, but I'm out. Peace.